Folks, on this episode of Wandering Aimfully, the show, hosted by myself, Jason Zook, and my lovely wife, Caroline Zook, we are going to talk to you about burning out. Guys, we are passionate about this topic. It gets exciting about halfway through. I feel like we start cooking with We gas. actually, we have a full program that we really don't even mention during this. So I'm going to mention it right now called Build Without Burnout. So if that's something that excites you, if you're like, I'm trying to build a product or something and I don't want to burn out, go check that out. You can find that very easily by Googling whatever. Uh, but also <laughs> in this in episode, the description. And if you're in the podcast app, there's no real <laughs> description. So just, you can find it. Uh, but we talk about some ways that we've dealt with burnout, how yep. to avoid getting into burnout and what to do if you're currently in burnout right now. Yes, we have experienced this ourselves, uh, some of us several times, and that's why we're so passionate about helping just talk about the idea and encouraging people that even if you love the work that you're doing and you want to work a million hours a day, why it's maybe not the best idea. So we hope that you enjoy this episode. Without further ado, let's get into it. Hashtag walking a business. Hey there, we're Jason and Caroline Zook, a husband and wife team who believes life is just one big experiment. This is the show where we share our journey as we figure out this ever-changing thing called life. We cover topics like running a business, traveling the world, and clawing our way out of debt, all with the hope of inspiring you to live, work, and create with more intention. Life might bring its twists and turns, but when you know who you are and what you want, you're never really lost. Welcome to Wandering Aimfully, the show. Dive into the timer. Burnout, burnout, burnout. Creative, creative, creative. <laughs> burnout, burnout, burnout. It's the creative burnout creative, song, creative, folks. Creative. I actually wanted it to more be like um, like a scary echo sound. It wasn't. Creative, creative, creative. Burnout, burnout, burnout. <laughs> How does this doing? Nah. Not good? Nah. Not great? Nah. <laughs> okay. Not my fave. Uh, something we have both dealt with in our times as entrepreneurs. Several times. Is creative burnout. Yes. And not just creative burnout, but burnout. And it is something that it's not a rite of passage, but I feel like my first idea when I think about talking about this to someone yeah. is you have to experience it. Well, we talk about this often, which is it, we always want to preach things that can help people avoid it. But truly, I don't know if you are willing to implement those things if you don't experience burnout yourself. Yeah, there needs this is one of those things where it's almost like a burnout is a hot stove. It, it's like you have to touch, touch the hot once. stove one time just so that you understand, oh, that's what it feels like to literally not want to get out of bed or yeah. do anything or feel the urge to touch a computer or a phone or whatever. Now, you can experience that on a smaller level. Like, you don't have to have these stories that many people tell. Your which life is, doesn't have to come crumbling down. Right, where people are like, I ended up in the hospital. I had this crazy. And I don't mean to laugh at people who have that happen to them. I just mean that, like, it, Please doesn't, don't do that. Yeah, it doesn't have to get that far. Right. Um. You know, you burnout can kind of be as severe as something like that, or it can just be you reach that breaking point where you just don't feel motivated to work on anything because you're so exhausted um, and you have to have that rebound time. So, so let's let's go with um, a couple different directions here. First go. direction I want to go is what comes to mind when I first ask the question of how do you avoid burning out? What I've now learned over time, like you said, because I've experienced it. The first thing that comes to mind for me is intentionally building in white space. Mm -hmm. Intentionally. Because here's the danger. People like you and me, we love what, do you what mean, we people like you and me. <laughs> you people. <laughs> people like you and me, if you love what you do, 
and you're excited about a new project and you want to work on it, sometimes we can get into the vein of just wanting to go, go, go. Because you know that time is sometimes in short supply and you have this idea and you want to bring it into reality as soon as you possibly can. So you go and you go and you go. And in the beginning, that's great because you want to fill all that time with working. But the problem is that what I've realized is you can't wait for that moment when the motivation dwindles for you to be like, oh, now I'll take a break. You have to intentionally, forcefully build it in along the process. So you're saying with white space is to put it in as time that you take away from something. Yes. And I think you even need it. The point that I'm trying to make is you even need it when you don't feel like you need it. Mm-hmm. So in we all know in the beginning of a project when you, you've decided you want to build a product or a new business and you're so jazzed about it. You go to sleep thinking about it. You wake up thinking about it and you want to work on it all the time. The problem is if you work on it all the time, you will burn out. Yeah. Trust me. And so what I've learned is that even in the midst of that and feeling like, oh, I could work on weekends, I could work on nights, it's building in those boundaries so that I don't work on it. Because what's beautiful about that kind of white space is, A, it gives you the space to let ideas marinate, which you don't always get if you're super close to a project. But B, it gives you, it refills the tank and it gives you that feeling of I'm itching to get back to work. Yeah. I My answer is actually almost identical to yours. And it's to stop working before you feel like you need to stop Stop working. working. So a perfect example is yesterday for us. Yesterday was a very productive day. Uh, I worked on three different videos for us, a podcast episode and then two of our shorter helpful videos. And it was like 4.30 and I did a really good job of managing my time and doing work and getting all this stuff done, especially after the morning because my morning was a little bit rocky. But I felt like I could keep going. Like I, I have more I could do. Yeah. But I told myself, you're gonna. You have more videos you're gonna edit in the next couple of weeks. Just leave some uh, vegan meat on the bone here yeah. and step away from this and come back tomorrow and you'll be excited to work it. And when I got up, I felt exactly that. I was like, oh, I'm excited to get back into this project to get working on it because I didn't even in this short little time, this one day of work, burn myself out and and like go further than I needed to go. I did the exact same thing yesterday. Where because yeah. I know I wanted to work on the slides that we, so I know you you guys won't know what this is, but I had a project that was very important for me to get to. And I felt really good after our 4.30 walk. And I was like, oh, I could put it, put in another hour to this. And then you said, do you want to watch a, a movie? And yeah. I said, and I t- waited for a second because I was like, oh, should I use this motivation to finish this project? And I thought to myself, no, you know what? The exact same thing. I'm going to actually go the opposite direction of what I feel right now that I could do and build in that white space intentionally so that tomorrow I come at it fresh and I'm almost itching to get to work. And that's exactly how I feel today. So my second question to you is we both have done daily consistent projects. Mm -hmm. And those projects, I think, have uh, been able to bear a lot of fruit for us over the years. For me specifically, it was my I Wear Your Shirt business, in which case I worked 889 days straight before I ever took a day off. And that's a lot, especially with all the work I was doing. For you, your Abstract Affirmations project, where you did an art piece 280 days straight without a day off. And it's it's kind of an interesting discussion, I think, on how long is necessary to be consistent to push yourself a little bit to get to a point where you're working on something and it can bear fruit moving forward, as opposed to you just do something consistently for 30 days and then you stop doing it. And it really doesn't do anything for you long term, Mm -hmm. because I would argue that both of us sticking with and maybe pushing through little areas of burnout 
led to some good things out of those projects. Yeah. But if we could go back, we would probably try and be a little bit more balanced, maybe plan in some days off, not have it be like an every single day thing. Mm -hmm. What do you say to to kind of that experience? Yeah, that's really tough. I think it depends on what the activity is. So for you, to me, working full days you know, from start to finish beyond full, they were 14 to 16 hour days for that for 800 days. That's an extreme version. Whereas doing an art piece that is maybe constrained by an hour a day for 280 days, to me, that seems manageable. And so you can, you can more look at that project as I, I never got burnt out in the sense that I was kind of burning the candle at both ends. I got burnt out on the idea of it and working it into my schedule. And so we can talk about how I knew that it was the right time to shut that down. Um, but so that I guess is a little bit of a nuance that I want to add to that, which is be realistic about the undertaking. So if you're going to do some sort of really consistent long-term project, um, and kind of set the expectation on yourself from the beginning that is not going to burn you out. Yeah. I, I think for my own answer to that question is specifically, if you're trying to think about an everyday project, I think a lot of people think about these things, whether it's a 30 day challenge or a hundred day project mm -hmm. or a full year or whatever is to just give yourself the permission to take off weekends, to give yourself permission to take one day off a week, like whatever mm -hmm. it can fit for your schedule. You don't need to do as much work as you think you need to do for yeah. something to succeed. And truthfully, you get into a territory with all of that kind of stuff that's very ego driven. And what I mean by that is the the streak, right, of, oh, well, I've done it for 800 days, even the way that you say that now. Even the way that you say that <laughs> now, thank you for proving my point. It's it a badge is. of honor, yeah. But, but what is that? Right. What the hell is that? I mean, oh, look at me. I can do something for 280 days. I, I do the same thing, but I'm just saying I'm pointing it out so that we, when you say build in weekends, I'm sure some people out there are thinking, yeah, but that's not as cool, right? right. Like that's not as what amazing impressive i don't know and and then and then you just dig deeper and you go well who the hell am i trying to impress if it means that i'm going to burn out for trying to impress like other people on the internet that's a terrible way to design your life so instead just work on impressing yourself like and in that case that's when i think the the reins can start to loosen and you can go oh well i can take weekends off cuz if i just do during the weeks you know for the rest of this year if i create an art project that's still really cool yeah, you know and it I, I do think that those those little badges of honor can be helpful because it can show someone will give you respect for doing something like that. But I think the key is, just like you said, if you plan the time off, the breaks from the daily project or whatever, the specific example, is to then frame it of like, I worked for two years straight on this, or I worked for three years straight on this. That doesn't mean you have to say I worked every single day. It still gives you the chance of having someone respect you for the amount of work that you put in, but that you have the knowledge that, yeah, it's two years that I worked on this project, but I also kept a good balance, didn't work 14 hours a day, because I, I just think that there is something to be said for in especially the entrepreneurial bubble is that people do respect people who have been consistent, who have stuck with things and do have the little badges of honor that don't burn them out. That's fine as a byproduct. I just feel like you get into dangerous territory when you go chasing down respect, when you go looking for respect. Totally. You know? and, and to me, it's not the first thing that you're thinking about at all. The first thing you're thinking about is accomplishing whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. Like that's number one. Like I want right. to do this thing. And so I think what I'm just trying to say is, can you reframe it in a way where you're trying to prove to yourself that you can push through, you know, doing a consistent project when things get tough or when you go, oh, I don't really want to do this today. Can you prove to yourself that you can still show up and do that yeah. versus going, oh, I have to show up and do this because or else people won't give me respect on their own. No, and, you know? and yeah, again, like 
I didn't mean to position it as like that's the most important thing. Right. I just meant it as it is a thing that can help you and it can be something you can use as leverage, but it's not the most important thing. But it can also be something that, again, like I like having little badges of honor for myself on things that I've done so that I can think about my work and the time that I've spent as, oh, this was worth it. This totally. was actually something that, that um, you know, I stuck with or that I pushed through kind of the difficult times. Totally. So here's another topic related to creative burnout that I think is worth talking about, which is this desire that a lot of entrepreneurs have, or not necessarily this desire, but this feeling like we're all in a race. This this inability to have patience in kind of, and I think this is where a lot of burnout comes for people, is they feel like they have to fit this much work in this much amount of time. For those of you not watching on oh, YouTube, uh, Caroline's hands were about five and a half feet apart, and then they moved into about less than a foot. This much work in this much amount of time. Like, I think a lot of entrepreneurs out there can relate to that. You wake up and you feel, or maybe you see other people around you doing similar things and you go, you start to get in that that race mindset, that competitive mindset of, oh, I need to launch this product first or I need to, and, and it all becomes such a um, a time constraint. And I find our, I find that a lot of the burnout can come from feeling like you need to put in those 14-hour days in order to accomplish your goals on this accelerated timeline. And I wonder what, we would all, you know, what our lives would look like if we all stopped getting out of that race mentality and just said, okay, this is, I can stretch my timeline out as long as I need to. I understand there are financial factors that go into all of this, mm -hmm. but how often do we actually define what those factors are? Right. Well, and that was going to be my point is, so when you get stuck in these comparison traps or you like trying to keep up with the Joneses, if you will, so much of that is based on the external metrics of it completely so you're keeping up with those people because oh i want my business to also be a hundred thousand dollar a year a month or whatever crazy thing they're doing and you compare yourself to that as opposed to going i only need to make three thousand dollars a month what do i care about having a hundred thousand dollar business exactly and and for so many people that that isn't on their mind because everything we read and that's not everything we read but the majority of stuff that rises to the top that is on entrepreneur websites and on different blogs and all these different things are the big success stories. So that's what we see. What we don't see is what I like to call the gap in entrepreneurship that mm -hmm. no one wants to talk about, which is everyone in the middle who's just having success on their own terms. And it's not newsworthy. Yep. It's not worth a headline. It's not worth talking about. But you know what? They live a great life. Yeah. And they're happy and they're not stressed out. And I think for so much of what we've learned in our time as entrepreneurs, especially for me, is when you actually do catch up to those people, you realize how much you had to give up to do that. Yeah. And you realize how much you had to take on to to get to those different metrics or whatever. And it's not worth it. And this goes back to the very beginning of this, which is I think everyone just has to experience burnout in some way, shape or form so that they touch the stove of their mm -hmm. business and they go, oh, I don't want to do that again. Mm -hmm. And I think so much of this could could be helped early on if people were to define that number that we talk about, which yep. is your monthly minimum magic number, which yep. is just how much money do you really actually need to make? Yep. Not how much can you make, yep. not how profitable can your business be, but it's just really getting to the bare bones. And then you kind of build on top of that of, of where you can grow your business. And that is the, the pinnacle of avoiding burnout, of avoiding these traps, avoiding these different things is actually defining what matters to you. Yeah, we actually, we talk about that in our program, Build Without Burnout. I think of it like the number, the minimum monthly magic number as your minimum. What do you actually need to make to support your lifestyle? And then your enough number as sort of the upper echelon of that, which is 
more than just the bare minimum, but how much would be enough to make you happy? Right. And then not trying to accelerate beyond that enough number. And so I just think defining those parameters are really happy. That's what I are, will help make you really happy. That's what I was going to say as you were talking is. Thank you for not saying it while I was talking because I was on a roll. I know you were. You were. Kept, you. I was Appreciate like, I got to remember this it. too. But I was thinking to myself that two questions people can ask themselves as they're listening or watching are what, how much money do I actually need to make what you covered? And then, um, how long do I act like how fast do I actually need to accomplish this mm -hmm. instead of trying to just go ASAP right. as soon as possible? No, like, oh, can I actually stretch this out to six months so I can enjoy the process mm -hmm. and maybe just allowing themselves that that stretching a little bit more that we talked about, um, which is another thing that we talk about in Build Without Burnout. Yeah. I, one thing that's interesting to me in this whole topic as well as very relevant is uh, my buddy Matt Giovannisi sent out uh, an email and he was talking about looking back on his 2018 and looking forward on 2019. And one of the things that he talked about in that was he wanted his businesses to accrue or make $500,000 in annual revenue for 2019. Mm -hmm. And I think for a lot of us, we like these big round numbers because they make sense to our feeble brains. They are shiny. They're exciting. And I wrote back to him and I think he, his business has made like 350 or 400,000 or something in 2018. And I wrote back to him and I just said, Hey, I'm, I'm going to be the devil's advocate here. Why? Why? What is it going to take you to get to 500,000? Mm -hmm. What are you going to have to sacrifice? What are, how much are you going to have to spend to up your revenue to that point? Because you clearly, it, your business isn't just going to trend upward to that on its own. You're going to have to put in work to make that happen. So what are you going to have to give up in your life and in your business to do that? And and I just think for so many people, we pick, and we've, we've been very guilty of this ourselves, me especially, we pick numbers that are so arbitrary and have nothing to do with our own circumstance. And I think just to reiterate your point, that number, then the enough number, and that's enough. Yeah. That will do it for you. And that will make a good business that is profitable, that you can live off, you can sustain off of, and it is enough. It doesn't have to be a shiny round number. And and by the way, those numbers are not arbitrary. That's not plucking numbers out of, that's you going, what are my expenses? What is the lifestyle that I want to live? What are what? How much does it cost to do the travel that I want to do? And really sitting down and breaking those numbers down into you know micro numbers. Um, but as you were saying that about Matt, I was thinking you know part of it I think is that if you're a true entrepreneur, it's the game, right? Mm -hmm. So so that's where part of it comes from is this this picking a number and trying to achieve it is the game of it of can I set a goal and can I accomplish it? And I totally understand that because we love the game of entrepreneurship too. But I think to your point, the part that's really important is going, oh, the, it's all fun and games until I have to work every night and every weekend for, and then my relationship suffers. And then my, and I'm not saying this specifically for Matt, of course, I'm saying this for all of us. Like, yeah. what are you giving up to chase after that game. Yeah. What are you giving up to play that game? Yeah. And is it worth it? And I think if we've heard story after story of people burning out, the answer is almost always it's not worth it. Yeah. You yeah. know? And I, I just there's so much to be said for running businesses that don't take running. Right. Like when you really think about we, it, like I, why are we I all just walking verb. businesses? Yes. I want the new <laughs> verb to be we don't we're we're not running a business, we're walking a business. Exactly. And Love I it. I think it could be something that people could really latch onto just as an idea of thinking about like I don't have to be crazy all the time. And Jason Fried and David Hanemeyer Hansen recently put out a book called It Doesn't Have to Be Crazy at Work, yep. which I highly recommend if you are in a work environment where it feels crazy all the time. For us, I think we've come to a lot of these decisions and um, kind of life choices on our own, which yeah. is really nice. But it doesn't have to be running. 
It hashtag walking a business. <laughs> hashtag walking business, uh, which is different than Christopher walking running a business. Uh, it was a recurring. <laughs> nope, theme. we're changing it to walking business. Th- there's just something that I think for so much of us, like you said, this game where the game doesn't have to be hard to beat. The game doesn't have to be uh, an an all night race to mm-hmm. win. It, it can be something that you do consciously. It can be something that you do where you actually set the amount of time mm-hmm. you're going to work. And just like we said in the beginning of this, then you walk away and yeah. you go, I'm going to go do other things. I'm going to come back to this because there's always more work to be done. There's always more things that I can do. And I'm just going to be okay with the fact that my business runs on this amount of time with this amount of money. And that is enough. Yeah. Because the beauty of it is, I mean, the, th- the thing about entrepreneurship is we think that getting to that goal and playing that game is all about getting to the end, right? Beating Mm -hmm. the boss, being like, yeah, I made a million dollars this year. Awesome. It feels awesome for like a day. Yeah. It does because you, our brains are like, oh, set that goal, accomplish it. It doesn't last. It's fleeting. You know what is astronomically takes up more time than that feeling of accomplishment is the process. And I know it's so cliche, but it is really about the journey. And if you're not enjoying the process, it's like, what is it all for? What are you setting yourself up for? We talk about this all the time. What is it all for? What do you think that is going to be at the end of that proverbial rainbow? And it's like, instead taking a step back and going, I'm going to spend far more time in the trenches than I am, you know, on the winner's podium or whatever. Mm -hmm. So am I going to enjoy what I'm doing in the trenches? And that's why for us, it's a constant push and pull of like, yeah, we can push ourselves and be self-disciplined and get work done. And really, I'm very proud of the amount of creative output that we're able to have with just the two of us. By the way, we don't have a team. It's just the two of us. Well, shout out Nina, who has been been editing our show episodes. So we give Nina some love. Uh, Nina, you're awesome. Um, But, you know, the amount of creative output for that. However, it's a push and pull of going, can we create the things that we want to create, but also enjoy the process of it? If it starts to feel, I mean, that's what my biggest lesson from 2018. And if you are new to joining our channel, long saga, I got shingles in 2018. It was talk about like creative burnout. I, my body did the burnout part for me. It was like, no, 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 no. And it took me out of the game for like three months, realistically. And the biggest lesson that I had to learn is constant. I thought I could just accelerate for the amount of time that we needed to, to build Wandering Gamefully. And how often have we gotten in that mindset where it's like, oh, I'll just, I'll just push it super hard for these These next next couple couple months. months, And it's that's proof, not a walking business. That's not a walking business. That is proof that even pushing it hard for a couple of months ha- can potentially have disastrous consequences. And I think the funny part about it is that I thought I thought I was gaming the system by like trying to fit in so much into this short amount of time, all the things that we've mentioned in this episode so far. But the system gamed me by saying, oh, actually now on the back end of this, you're going to lose three months of time. Yeah. Three months completely I was out of the game couldn't contribute to our business whatsoever. It's a good thing I'm really good at Instagram. And I just <laughs> I just picked right up right where you left off. And so my question to you also is, in trying to game the system by working so hard and burning yourself out, what are you actually going to lose on the other side of that? Yeah, this leads me into, I think, a good final question about burnout is, all right, so let's say you're someone who right now is on the cusp of burnout. Maybe mm-hmm. you're feeling it. Maybe mm-hmm. you're, you're running a business right mm-hmm. now and it is running you. Or you're you're in the middle of burnout. How do you overcome it? I have a couple of interesting points related to this. Are I'm, they, I'm are they give, interesting? You can tell me. Okay. I'm going to give you the Potenti- advice. I have a couple potentially interesting points. I'm going to give you the advice that my therapist gave me when I was coming back from the whole shingles thing and I wanted to hit the ground running so hard because I was just so excited to be able to work again. But I was feeling a lot of anxiety 
And she said, take whatever you have on your plate right now. And I think you should slash it by 75%. Mm-hmm. And I flipped out. <laughs> and what's interesting to me about that is, let me say this to you listening slash watching out there right now. Take what you're trying to put on your plate right now and slash it by 75%. Now, is your reaction when I say that to go, I can't? Give them a longer pause. Let them think about okay. it. Go. Oh, you mean say it again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, just give a pause. Just a random pause. Okay. You out there listening right now. Take whatever you have on your plate right now. And slash it by 75%. Okay. Nice. Good now, pause. Good pause. Now, when Drama. I said that and you thought about it, did you were your reactions anything like this? I can't. I could I couldn't possibly. I don't want to do that. I could never do that. Like that was my reaction. I was like, I can't do that. I can't do that. And then I thought, I'm resisting this so hardcore. And I think my resistance is actually an indication of the amount of pressure I'm putting on myself, the external validation that I'm seeking. The all of these expectations I was placing on myself because the fact that I felt like without those, you know, without that productivity that I was going to be nothing is very telling. Mm -hmm. And what do you think is going to happen? Like and so I just I challenge you to think if you're resisting that right now, dig a little deeper and go, why do I think I need to produce this amount? Why do I think I need to have this business launched by X date? Why do I think I need to have all of this these balls in the air? What do I think that that says about me or what whose approval am I seeking? Whose validation am I looking for? And then go, is that a game I'm willing to play for the next 20 years? Right. No. I think the other thing that point was interesting, by the way. Thank you. Uh, my answer to the to my own question here is take a month off. Yeah. Just and and be intentional about it. Don't go, oh, I'm just going to like work for a couple hours a day. I'm going to do the 25 percent thing. I think that's great. But I think the other option here is just take a month off. What if someone says I got to make the money? You you can figure out a way. You can put it on. You can put your expenses on credit cards. Ooh, you can borrow money from friends and family. <laughs> it's not what I want you to do from a financial standpoint, yeah. but I think from a mental standpoint. And I I definitely did this in 2013 when yeah. I were sure shut down. I just took a month to go. I don't know what's going to happen, but I have to stop. Yep. Because otherwise, I'm going to find myself in the hospital as yeah. so many people who experience burnout physically end up getting to. And I was already stressed out, overweight, feeling terrible about myself on all these different things. And I just said, I need a month to chill. Yep. And I think to your point, that's what I think Annie, my therapist, was Dr. doing. Dr. Annie. Dr. Annie, yep. that we call her. That's what I think she was doing when she said that drastic number of slash it by 75% is doing exactly what you said, which is you're a moving freight train. Yeah. You are going so fast, so you're hard. You're not a moving freight train. You're like a very slim banana boat. I'm a slim banana boat, but it's going so fast and it's going so hard. And you need this opposite extreme in order to just shut it down because it's going to take you a whole month in order to reverse those habits and patterns and neural pathways and all of those things. It's going to take you that time to just, you almost want to get to the point where it's hurting that you're yeah, being, that absolutely. it's so you're not doing anything. Also, if anybody wants to know what it feels like to recharge your creative batteries, yeah. people say this all the time. It hurts. It like, hurts. When you want to get back so badly, your batteries are charged. Yeah. That's that's and for me, that's every vacation we go on. That's yep. a day and a half in. Yeah. As <laughs> I'm just like, I just need to do something. Uh, <laughs> Can I just open a Google Doc and yeah. just write down some thoughts? Yeah, exactly. So and it is time for what cooked to be, what cooked to be, what cooked to be. That's a hearkening back to the beginning of the episode. Do you remember that? It is. But so then I turned it into like a little ditty. We Google something for you. And this week is more of a 
uh, trivia with options. We've done this a couple times. Love the trivia uh, ones. You get Caroline to get some guesses here, which is fun. Maybe eventually Caroline will Google some stuff for you guys. I don't know. Are you getting jealous because I get to guess all the time? Yeah, a little okay, bit. Okay, I'll try. Yeah. Next time. All right. So this episode of Wagugtfi, we are going to talk about the 20 most expensive countries in the world. But we're only going to do the top five. Most expensive to live? Yes. So what are the 20 most expensive countries to live in as ranked by Telegraph UK? I just get to choose. You get three strikes, you're out. This is how oh, I normally okay. do it. Come on, we've done Canada. this like 100 times. Canada. Uh, that's not a country. Just kidding. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Canada is not in the top 20. Strike wow. one. Expensive to live. France? France Seems like a lot of expensive stuff comes from France. Number 19. Ooh, just by the skin of teeth. Um, United States? We're going for the top five, so technically that's a strike as oh, well. Oh, I you said 20. No, no, we're not going to do all... You're going to guess all 20? We're going to be here for like an hour. That's no, no, you're doing top confused. five. You're doing top five. You're doing top five. Okay. So two strikes on uh, France. Out I'm... of all the countries in the whole world? Yes. 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 Australia. Australia was close. That was 13. That's your third strike, and you are out. All right, friends. If these the are top five stupid, like most expensive, very tiny island nations. I'm gonna be mad. Countries <laughs> number one, Bermuda. <laughs> you should have guessed one of these. All right, number two, Switzerland. Do you know how many island nations there are in the world? Yeah, but this that's I mean, only two of the top five are island nations. Number two, three, that is four, the Bahamas. 40%. I actually would have thought like St. Barth's or St. Thomas Aquinas. What's the other one that's down there? <laughs> Stop right. whatever you're doing. Bermuda number doing. one. Switzerland number two. Okay. The Bahamas number three. Okay. Number four, Norway, which we will be <gasps> visiting in a couple months, which is exciting. What if number we like five, it too much? Five, to you should be able to guess this one. You get three bonus guesses for number five. We've been there. That's very helpful. Italy. Nope. Iceland. Yeah. Ooh, Number I did five. hear people told us it was expensive. It was expensive. Did it feel expensive? Yeah. Oh, all, okay. the, all the food, because they literally have to import almost right, right, right. everything. Oh, that makes sense. The yeah. islands. Yeah. The islands. Now that you think about it. All right. Now, very quick. Should have given me clues. Follow up here. So, top five, just to recap for you, in case you're you know writing these down, because you need to tell your friends. Bermuda, Switzerland, the Bahamas, Norway, Iceland, top five most expensive. Okay. Least expensive. Not okay. going to have you guess. It's going to take too long. India, number okay. one. Moldova. Number two. Where's Moldova? Uh, east of Russia? I don't know. Pakistan. Okay. Kazakhstan. Okay. Nepal. Okay. Kind of all Can the you same look up... geographic. Yeah, that kind of. No, not at all. Can you look up where Moldova is? I can't right now, but we'll leave that for another episode. Where we can talk about the history of Moldova <laughs> on a full podcast a full, episode. We'll just make it up. Half episode. We'll just history literally make up the entire history no, of Moldova. that's disrespectful. We oh, can... then we'll make up our own country and then make up our own history. Thank you. All right. Thanks for watching our show. If you want to support it, you can. <laughs> subscribe on YouTube. You can also. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Okay. I thought you were going to mess that one up, but you did it. And. Leave us a review, please. And, we love and... you. Like the video. Great. You did it. Is that all that You stuff? got all the things. Elbow five. Boom. Boom. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next one. Or Catch just on the be flip in your side. earballs. Don't soon. burn out. Don't do it.